What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Angle of Pursuit podcast, your fantasy football, sports betting, and NASCAR home here at fakepigskin.com. I am your host, Kyle Robert. Follow me on Twitter at NotoriousKRO. With me once again, Brian, it's uh, rankings time. Obviously, we are talking quarterbacks this week. Uh, if you missed the running back show, make sure you go back and check that out. Let us know who you agree with, who you disagree with, who should be in the rankings, who should be out of the rankings. Uh, we talked post Damian Williams uh, announcing his opt-out. So we talked Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards Alaire, where he sits in our rankings, what our expectations are for 2020 season and, and all that good stuff. But Brian, we're talking quarterbacks and I, I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, this is for for us who uh, traditionally like to wait at the position. This is probably the biggest one because it's guys that will never be taking near the top of the boards. Well, and we'll talk about that because I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm potentially thinking about putting in a little caveat, but we'll talk about that. Uh, but yeah, as I mentioned, we are talking top twelve. If you are enjoying the show, if you like our content. Hit that thumbs up for us. If you want to know when we have new shows, if you want to know when content is uploaded, hit the subscribe button. It really does do a lot for us. Tell a friend, tell two friends, tell that tell them to tell two friends. It, it you know, share share the 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 good word of the angle of pursuit. Um and and and, and let's keep this hype train rolling. So without further ado, let's dive into our top 12 quarterbacks. And let's talk some Mahomes versus Lamar. Because, Brian, I want to know first, is there a discussion to be had here? Or is it very clearly one guy? I mean, you know, it, most people are probably going to side with the guy who has the legs. But, I, you know, I, I'm a traditionalist. And if I'm playing in a league with six-point passing touchdowns, it just the ceiling of the amount of touchdowns that he can throw, I'm – I'm leaning Patrick Mahomes. We've seen him get get to that 50 mark. Um, I think he could do it again if if the if we're taking Clyde Edwards Hilaire, a rookie in the first round in the back end of the first round right now because of how highly touted he is as a Brian Westbrook clone. Still got Tyreek Hill out there, Travis Kelsey, Miko Hardman is a year is a year older in that system. Sammy Watkins, if he can put up another first game three touchdown game uh, for the whole season, you know. I'm I'm going Patrick Mahomes. I don't. Uh, it, it to me, I think I think there's more discussion to be had than what many would think. Yeah. No. And I I think I think most people are are Mahomes over Lamar. Um, but I think you also bring up a good point in the fact that like there is a world where Travis Kelsey is the number one tight end, Trav- Tyree kills the number one wide receiver, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire is the number one running back. I mean, it, it's probably not a very likely world. Like, obviously, Christian McCaffrey is the GOAT for a reason. Uh, but there's obviously, and as you mentioned, you know, Mahomes could throw 50-something touchdowns, could throw <laughs> 5,000 yards. Like, Miko Hardman could take a huge step forward. We'll see what Sammy Watkins does um, to Marcus Robinson. Like, there's a lot to like there. But I think for me, for the, for the weekly safety of the rushing upside – I think Lamar is that guy for me, and I didn't think I would get there, but but here I am. Um, obviously, 1,200 rushing yards from a quarterback is not sustainable, but I did some some digging into kind of 
average regression for quarterbacks, and it's usually about 70% from a monster season. So that puts him at, you know, eight or 900 yards. Uh, the 9% touchdown rate is not sustainable. And a lot, oftentimes that falls off significantly. But if you put him at, say, 6%, 6.4% is kind of what his, if you took his first year and second year and kind of combined them, uh, he's still the QB1 last year. And obviously, and that's on a points-per-game basis, so I, I'm not talking about, you know, obviously Mahomes missed some games. So, you know, Mahomes is right there at number two, or I guess he's number he's down a little bit farther. Kyler is actually in the conversation. But anyways, uh, but yeah, I I, I think re- I, I'm, I'm banking on regression coming from Lamar, but I'm, I'm wondering if that's, like, I still think it's, I still think even with regression, he could be the number one or at least in that conversation. Um, and as I kind of alluded to, I think there's, I think, you know, like how we draft tight ends where we're, we're, we're willing to look at Kelsey or Kittle early or we're waiting until the very end. I think I, I, I don't know that I'm willing to take the quarterbacks and I, I'm probably like, I'm still probably like round three, round four. <laughs> But if I'm if I'm sitting there and, and you know, like they're there, like Mahomes or Lamar is sitting there at round three, like there there's a world where I I pull the trigger there, um, because I feel like those two guys have such a higher ceiling and such a safer floor on a week to week basis. You know, I think there's definitely a discussion to be had about that kind of safety at the position because we we used to live in a world where to me, the way that I used to look at fantasy football was whoever rostered Aaron Rodgers was pretty much guaranteed a spot in the semifinals or even a championship game of fantasy football, because you knew that safety net of, that he was of no interceptions. He was going to give you like two to at least two touchdowns a game. And that, that floor that he presented each week gave you something to build upon when you were building your roster. And it was something that, other quarterbacks didn't didn't offer and i think the same can be said about both mahomes and lamar jackson however as we look further down our rankings i think there are guys who can take that next step Mm -hmm. into a similar level of fantasy production as mahomes and lamar jackson yeah no and i i have one guy that we will discuss that uh, I think might have the ability to have a probably not what Mahomes or Lamar did, but like if if we're sitting here at the end of the year um, and, and they had just like incredible season where they happened to win the MVP, which I'm currently holding a ticket for forty to one. Uh, I obviously I I think it's plausible. So, uh, we'll, but like I said, we'll get there. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think in, in previous years, like the idea of taking a quarterback and, and knowing that even if it's two or three point fantasy points per game, like the opportunity cost to take that guy versus taking uh, somebody else. And, and all this to say also, Brian, the years that Mahomes and Lamar had their breakout season, they were double digit round picks. So maybe we're, maybe we're, you know, assuming too much. Um, but I, I do think there is a significant increase and I wouldn't fault anyone who went that way, but let's talk about it. Let's dive in. 
Um, and I am going to throw up my rankings. Uh, so if you are listening to this on the podcast, I will try and vocalize a lot of this, but YouTube is really the way to watch this podcast. It's you're going to see the rankings. You're going to be able to react right away. And, you get and to see our pretty faces. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, so so you have that to look forward to. Uh, <laughs> but let's let's take a look. There's my rankings. I am going to drop the banner. Um, and, and there it is. Lamar is number one. Mahomes number two. Dak, Kyler, Deshaun, Russell Wilson. Like that group to me presents a lot of the QB one overall upside um, with, with pretty safe weekly floors. Um, it is interesting though, Brian, cause I looked at some numbers uh, over at draft sharks. Our, our buddy Jared Smola does, uh, you know, looks at kind of how many times was this player, you know, the, a top 12 option at quarterback. How many times were they a top, you know, five option at quarterback and, and get some numbers. And, you know, Russell Wilson last year put up tremendous numbers, but in terms of his up his like top 12 weeks, it was really only like four or five, maybe. So like he put up all of his numbers in a couple games. And if you're starting Russell Wilson every week, like at the end of the season, you look at his total points and you go, wow, he had a great season. He was the QB three. But on a week to week basis, he's not really helping you that much. Um, so that's that I guess for me kind of, and, and we'll talk some, some ranking adjust, adjustments and kind of how it's uh, shifted. But for me, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's, you know, you're nitpicking, you're, you're, you're looking for hairs and obviously like Deshaun losing Deandre Hopkins is, is a huge loss. So he drops a little bit for me. Uh, I think, I think Dak Prescott has the ability to have a, a freaking monster season obviously has the rushing floor has the rushing touchdowns, but now you add CD lamb, you add Blake Jarwin, you add, you know, Tony Pollard and Zeke catching out of the backfield. Like he could throw for 5,000 yards and 45 touchdowns. And I know as a Cowboys fan, <laughs> you're very excited at the, at the premise of that actually happening. But like, I, I think it's very much in play. Yeah. I mean, this, those two guys in particular, Dak Prescott and Kyla Murray, and we'll see my rankings where they fall in mine. But um, I think those two are the most likely guys not named Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes to finish as the QB one because they both offer a rushing floor of decent of decent numbers and the ability to throw for tons of yards and tons of touchdowns because they both play in offenses at least the Cardinals for that matter, that is going to want to throw the ball a ton with. And if you're looking at Kyler, for instance, the addition of DeAndre Hopkins just adds to the weapons and the supposed success of that kind of air raid system that they want to run there. And then plus plus Dan Arnold's there. So obviously that's like, (laughs) like 800 yards and 12 touchdowns. (laughs) Wait, you mean, you mean, Hey Arnold, the guy, the old cartoon guy, or are we talking about? No, just kidding. Um, But you know, Dak Prescott, he, he was a guy last year who, again, we, we entered last season talking about him, how undervalued he was because he had finished top 10 every single year of his career in fantasy at the position. And he finished top four, I believe. I think he was the third, maybe the third, quarterback at um at to end the season and then you add cd lamb who is a more explosive player than than randall cobb you bring in mike mccarthy who's probably going to be a little more aggressive 
with yeah. another year of Kellen Moore calling plays, like those two guys to me, I would rather get them in say that fourth, fifth round range than have to pay the price in the second, third for Lamar or Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I am disappointed that we're not going to be able to get the Dak Prescott discount. Like he was just a guy that was considered continuously finishing in that top five and was going as like QB 15. Um, the drafters have figured that out for this year. Um, and he's going like, I believe it's probably top five or top six on, on average. Um, so that that is definitely something. Uh, I had to get Matthew Stafford in there. He, he is the QB seven. Uh, you know, before the injury last year, was on pace for basically 5,000 yards and 45 touchdowns. Like, ha- was was absolutely amazing. We love Galladay. Marvin Jones is a steal. Uh, DeAndre Swift as a pass catcher. Uh, another year of TJ Hawkinson. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to be pounding the table for Stafford all offseason. Um, and granted, he is a guy that has injury issues. So, you know, in, in most of my leagues... Most people roster one quarterback, so I'm not really worried about drafting him and having him. Oh, he's hurt. Now I have to go get somebody. Uh, but if you're in a league where quarterbacks are hoarded, adding somebody else, uh, and we'll give you some names of guys that just missed our top 12 that have a very tremendous upside. The like, guy have two names that I'm thinking about right now that by the time we t- do this right before the season might might be in this top 12 because um, I'm, I'm a huge fan, and as we mentioned, we like to wait at the position and get value when we can. Um, I did put up an article on fake pigskin about three quarterbacks that I expect to bounce back in a big way. Um, none of those guys are in my top 12, but I think they could absolutely be in that conversation come season's end. So I recommend going to check that out. Um, so the quarterback that I alluded to that I think could have a Mahomes Jackson like explosion is my QB eight. And that's Josh Allen. And I bet on him to win MVP at 40 to 1. Ooh, man. You can get a little bit better number. Uh, I've seen 50s, uh, maybe 55. Um, but, like, granted, the floor is a lot lower for Josh Allen, and that's why I have him at 8. Uh, but the upside is absolutely there. This is a quarterback that runs for all kinds of rushing touchdowns. Uh, an offense that... if you know, they added Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, John Brown, uh, Cole Beasley's there. Like, Zach Moss, whatever you think of him, I think he's pretty <laughs> terrible. But, you know, Devin Singletary, like, the offense is there. So so either we get a Lamar's jump like we saw last season where Lamar, you know, there was a lot of questions about his ability, about his passing, about this and about that. And all of a sudden, we're looking at Lamar as the MVP. Um, they're, they surrounded Josh Allen with the weapons. So it's time for him to either shit or get off the pot. Like, he's he's got to prove it and prove that he can be the future of the Bills quarterback. Obviously, took strides last year, got him in the playoffs. So, you know, what had an impressive season. If he could take another stride, he's 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 in the MVP conversation. If not, if he falters again and, and has a accuracy issues again, and even adding Stefan Diggs doesn't do quite enough to get him there, um, then maybe there, you know, we're talking about the Bills being ready to move on and, and looking for other options. But um, I think I think the, the upside is absolutely there. Uh, Matt Ryan is a guy that I could see adjusting even higher than where I have him. Um 
He's really an either or year, and I love drafting Matt Ryan when nobody wants him because that's the years he seems to explode. And <laughs> if 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 Julio's a top two round pick, a guy that consistently finishes a top five option, um, if Calvin Ridley is a guy we're comfortable taking in the fourth, we love Hayden Hurst. Uh, we expect Todd Gurley to have a solid season, especially from the touchdown department. So that means the offense is moving. That means there's a lot of red zone potential. Uh, there's a lot to like. And as we've mentioned, if we like the running back, if we like the pass catchers, then then being on board with the quarterback is, is a seemingly no-brainer. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, 10-11. I think Rodgers throws more this year, assuming he doesn't opt out. Obviously, if he's opt out, uh, and Jordan Love starting, we'll see what the Packers offense looks like. But as of now, I have him penciled in as my as my QB ten. I think he throws a little bit more. I think Alan Lazard takes a big step forward, so I'm I'm on board with that. Obviously, the Sternberger uh, hype train is rolling, um, and then right. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a guy like quarterbacks once again insanely deep. Like I could see I could see ranking Daniel Jones as high as QB seven and as low as QB fifteen. High rushing floor, uh, which creates safety. Obviously, Saquon, but Darius Slayton, uh, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram. Like, there's so much to like about all those pass catchers that even if one or two of them's hurt, you should still have a solid season. Um, so he he is in my top twelve. Any any hard disagreements, or or you want me to throw up your rankings for everyone to see, um, and we can talk about kind of where where we differ. We can let's let's throw up mine and we can see how I have a different uh, old fart in my top twelve. So there's Brian's rankings. Uh, he goes Mahomes, Lamar, uh, Kyler, Dak, Wilson, Watson, like the same four from three to six, slightly different order, but I feel like it's pretty solid. Uh, and then the next wave: Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Josh Allen. Tom Brady, the guy I didn't rank, and Daniel Jones. Very, a lot of similar names, a different order, but a lot of similar names. Um, let's let's address the elephant in the room, and let's talk about because I I didn't rank him, but you did, and that is Mr. Tom Brady. What do we do? Because like for from for me, and I feel like he's either has an amazing season with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Rojo and Gronk and OJ Howard. And he's like a top five guy or he's seen better days. Gronk isn't Gronk and that offense struggles. Like I, I don't see a world where he's kind of just fine. I, I just don't see – I uh, adversely to that, I don't see a world where he's not consistently putting up weekly QB1, like high-end QB2 numbers with the weapons that he has, his ability to limit turnovers, which is something that Jameis Winston was not able to do. And there were weeks where Winston was throwing the same amount of interceptions as touchdowns and still finishing in the top 12 at the position. And now we're getting now we're getting a guy who doesn't throw interceptions. We like both of his receivers to finish, you know, in the top twelve at the position. Um, they, he brought the Gronk back, who P 
people are ranking him as, you know, as high as tight end five right now. OJ Howard is immensely talented. They haven't unlocked his abilities yet. And our boy Rojo just got the, the, uh, the support of the head coach saying that he is the guy. So again, this goes to what we've been saying pretty much all summer is if we like the weapons, then we have to like the quarterback or Mm -hmm. vice versa. If we really like the quarterback, we have to like the weapons. And I think this is a situation where both are going to mesh really well with the kind of the mix of, of guys and their individual abilities for this year with a Godwin who's more that underneath, like he could run those intermediate routes and get open for Brady to, you know, do his little laser 10 yard, 15 yard throws. And then the guy that can highball it in Mike Evans. So I just don't see a world where Brady doesn't finish in the top 12. Yeah. I mean, that's a very good point. I'm just thinking about the NFC South and like, they have Breeze, Matt Ryan, and Tom Brady. That could be three of your top five right there. Like, it's it's insane. Like, I'm just thinking about Drew Breeze and, like, how much I'd love to have him because he's got not only my boy Michael Thomas, but he has Emmanuel Sanders now. He has Jared Cook. He has Adam Troutman, who's a, as a second tight end, I think is going to take strides. Obviously, Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. Like, there's so many weapons there. Um, there's just, like, quarterback is, is insanely deep. And once again, proving why, like, taking one of the top, like, taking, like, like, I'm going to, I I don't think I'll own any Dak, Russell, uh, or Watson. Like, I, I'm either going to, I don't, I probably won't own Mahomes and Lamar, even though, like, I think there's a very good point at, at taking them. And obviously, depending on your league scoring, you might want to go that way. But, like, Kyler is somebody I love. I don't know that I can get there. Just knowing that I like I can get Matt Ryan in double digit rounds or close to it. I can get Drew Brees or I can wait and get Matthew Stafford or I can get Josh Allen. Like I'm just going to wait cuz like some of those guys are going to be available late and I'm going to be just sitting there collecting running backs and receivers and tight ends and just loving my team and then grabbing one of those guys. Yeah, it you know, it, like we were saying, it's just again, it we're just going to continue to pound this rock here is that last year was kind of an anomaly with how much more Lamar Jackson was outscoring other quarterbacks by traditionally you're seeing the QB one outscoring QB 12 by, you know, you're looking at maybe three points a game, which that that's not a huge advantage in fantasy when you could, you could literally stream a quarterback each week if you were able to be successful at it and probably get a guy who finishes top five at the position every single week by streaming just based off of matchups. So I think that's why like, I'll probably be more on the ownership of the guys at the back end of my top 12. And like you said, a guy who just recently entered my, my top 12 and Josh Allen, who, you know, the weapons are there. The, the progression as a quarterback is, is there. We saw him get a little bit better last year. They got younger and more athletic in the backfield. It even though Frank Gore to his, to his credit, you know, he was still there last year, but Devin Singletary's a year, a year older under his belt in the system. And then Zach Moss and Stefan Diggs and John Brown and Cole Beasley. We're looking at some of the best route runners in the NFL if he could just hit the target, like you said, he could be that breakout guy like Lamar was last year. Yep. Yep. Totally. Um, all right. So let's talk about some guys that, that didn't quite make the cut. 
Um, because I think they're, I think like, you know, I'm looking at ADP right now. Like obviously Mahomes and Lamar are one, two Russell Wilson, Kyler, Dak, Deshaun in some order, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. We're talking about Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees, at the back end of the seventh. Carson Wentz, who's somebody that neither of us ranked, uh, who could absolutely like, if you put him in your conversation, I would, and you had him last time. So he's, you know, of the guys that just missed the cut, he's definitely in that mix. Um, but I, I, and I think for both of us, I, I, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I love Jalen Rager. I love their tight ends, but like, when there's just when, nothing else. Right. When you're splitting hairs, when you're talking about an offense with Julio and Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst <laughs> or an offense with uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas and Jared Cook, when you're talking about, you know, the, the rushing ability of Josh Allen. Oh, and Carson Wentz, as much as I love him when he's active, has missed time. And that's another little thing that when I'm when I'm going, okay, there's 20 guys, 25 guys that I would be thrilled to have as my starter. You have to pick and choose little bits, and that's how it works. Uh, Kirk Cousins is not somebody I will draft. He'll have a nice number at the end of the year, but on a week-to-week basis – no Stefan Diggs. As much as I think Justin Jefferson can be good, as much as I think Irv Smith is ready to kind of take a step forward, there's not enough to like there. Um, is there a quarterback or two that, if you we expanded this to maybe 15 names, that you, you would you would definitely throw in the mix? Oh, so I mean, I think the two guys that are like just outside my top 12 are the Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz. We we've seen Carson Wentz put up monstrous numbers especially in games where the Eagles defense wasn't really helping them out and they were losing and Wentz would lead them back. But I think just the questions about how the, the, the limited weapons on the outside, I mean, like, like you said, their tight ends are great. Jalen Rager is being highly touted as one of the, probably one of the best route runners that they've seen in a really long time. Um, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, but are you going to beat teams with a rookie wide receiver and two tight ends and, scatterbacks with when your quarterback can't stay on the field. Like I, I just don't, and not to mention Jason Peters, they had to re-sign Jason Peters to move him to guard because of an injury to Brandon Brooks. Lane Johnson uh, recently tested positive for COVID and we don't know if gosh forbid he's got any like lingering effects of that. So we don't know what their offensive line is going to look like. And then Aaron Rodgers, I mean, not that Devin Funches is a world beater or anything, but he opted out. So we're looking at another year of Martez Valdez-Scantling, um, Alan Lazard, who, you know, he's a steal late in drafts, but it's really going to be the Devontae Adams and then Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and maybe now A.J. Dillon show back there. So he's throwing to one guy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I expect more throwing from Rodgers, so I expect the volume degree. So that's why he's in my top 12. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you definitely bring up a lot of valid points Two, There's two guys for me that are outside. And if I rejigger this, I could definitely see myself putting them both inside the top 12. First one's Jared Goff. There's a lot of jokes about him that he was <laughs> awful with Jeff Fisher's, you know, lack of an offense, but Jared Goff was good last year. And that guy had the worst luck. He, um, I mean, I'm, uh, he had a four points or a 3.5 touchdown rate last year, 3.5%. That's significantly low below his, his kind of career averages. Um, 
you know, if he had reached 4.7 last season, he would have been the QB 13. Um, if he would have, if he would have reached the 5.6, which is his career average since Sean McVay has been there, you're looking at a guy who's inside that top 12, like he could be eight or nine. Uh, if you want to go even deeper, um, you know, there, there's been 62 seasons where a quarterback threw for 400 or 4,500 yards, which Goff did last year. And uh, 22 touchdowns is the third lowest of any quarterback over those 62 seasons. Um, he had seven pass catchers get tackled on the one yard line. <laughs> yeah. And he only got to sneak in one of those. So six of those went to Gurley or the running backs. Um, so now you get Goff as like QB 17 in the 11th round. Uh, I think there's top five upside with him. Like if you want to talk about a guy that we're not drafting as a top 12 option that could be in the top five, I absolutely think he could be there. Uh, and the other guy is another former SoCal guy who's now in Indy, uh, Phillip Rivers. Another guy that in terms of touchdown regression should have had a significantly better season last year. Uh, Rivers threw four. Bear with me. He threw a three, 3.9%. His career average is 5.63. He should have had 10 more touchdowns, almost 11. That, you know, and obviously like Mike Williams. He refused to throw to Mike Williams in the he end zone. Yeah, there was a lot going on, but I expect better offensive line play. I expect the running game to provide a, a nice balance. T.Y. Hilton's there. I think Paris Campbell, somebody's interesting. Uh, we'll talk tight ends. Would. We'll talk tight ends, but uh, Trey Burton is somebody that I'm I'm talking myself into again. Nice little oh reunion. no oh yeah nice little reunion with uh with Frank Reich. Uh, there I think there's a lot to like. Like obviously I'm not drafting as top twelve option, but we talk our just missed the cuts guys that if you're taking a second tight end if you're doing best ball drafts absolutely worth targeting. Um. I would be but, leaning – so real quick, I I know Philip Rivers, to me, he has the name recognition. He's in a really good situation, like you're saying. And I we should see him bounce back because I think they're, they're going to be a lot more competitive than the Chargers were last year. So we're going to – we're not really going to see him having to force a lot of balls. Just this, this offense is not designed that way. But I think the guy for me who is kind of the wild card and somebody who I might be targeting – if, if the draft is just kind of falling this way, a guy who could wind up in that top 12 is, I mean, I hate saying this and I hate doing this, but it's Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. He's, it's, a, it's a system predicated on the passing game. He has tons of weapons. If, if we're assuming A.J. Green comes back healthy, um, you know, you're adding A.J. Green to a Tyler Boyd, a John Ross, uh, Joe Mixon offense, you know, who they're going to – they're going to throw a lot and right. you know they're going to be losing a lot too which means a lot of passing so the the upside is going to be there and those ceiling those ceiling games are going to win you some weeks yeah yeah he's going to be a guy dfs i'm going to love uh as a qb2 i'm going to love but yeah i mean it's really a, you have to make a decision on what you expect from that offense like yeah. if you think aj green is going to bounce back and be a thousand yards and eight or ten touchdowns if you think Tyler Boyd is a legit wide receiver too, 
if you think T. Higgins could make an impact in his rookie year, if you think John Ross catches a couple long ones, then you need to be in on Joe Burrow. It's just that's how it is. If, if you don't think Joe Burrow can do it in his rookie year, which is completely fair, you need to be very much more pessimistic. Like Joe Mixon, I think, is foolproof, and we saw last year, can still have a monster season in an anemic offense. But if if the offense gets going like it has the potential to, there could be a lot to like there, and you could be looking at a tremendous value. The guy that I want to talk about, there's well, there's two, but Big Ben. I was like, just gonna. I was just thinking that we were in each other's heads here. Five thousand yards and forty-five touchdowns is absolutely on the table for him. If you're banking on a, a Juju resurgence, if you like Deontay Johnson, if you like James Washington. If you think Eric Ebron could be interesting, if you think whatever running back you like, like James Conner, Anthony McFarland, like there, there's weapons there. So if you're going to get in on all those weapons, you have to be in on the the Big Ben resurgence, right? I uh, we've seen him when he's at, when he's healthy, he's consistently in the top eight at the position. So that he's a guy too who I'll be probably looking at as as drafts go on, and I'm still abiding by my old tried and true method of being either the last or one of the last guys to take a quarterback because the upside is there with him. It's just the question of health. And in a season with a pandemic going on, you can have a guy who's never been injured in his life who could wind up with COVID and miss three weeks. So this year more than, more than any is, is this season in fantasy to kind of take those risks because every person is going to be subjected to the risk of, injury or sick let me ask you uh with that in mind with with the potential of covid being something that impacts your team are you more likely to draft a second quarterback this year do you think do you think i mean i guess you have to kind of see how the draft goes right but if you see that your league mates are going to be more aggressive with quarterbacks and you're sitting there in week six and maybe one or two or three guys has been been stricken and teams are seeing, oh, wait, quarterbacks aren't as easy to get as normal. And, you know, it, it, it seems like like that's something I, I think I might be a little more interested in, you know, if your league mates are going to play it normally and not not overreact. But we're fantasy football owners. We we live to overreact to random <laughs> stuff. We live yep. to overreact to a preseason game or a, a coach saying something. The fact that your starter could miss COVID and, and and that's that's even more reason for me to kind of wait at the position, right? So that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is that I think this this makes it more pertinent to load up on the skill positions. Because I, even if my league mates are sitting there and they're taking two, even some of them, maybe three quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to, instead of that, I'm going to take the handcuff running backs. Because if a running back gets COVID and is out for three weeks, say a Zeke and Tony Pollard is sitting there and he steps into this every down role, I have a, leg- I have a guaranteed top 10 guy at the position where a fill-in quarterback like we saw Matt Moore fill in for Patrick Mahomes last year, and he was more than serviceable, yep. but he's not going to give you the same the same floor that Mahomes is. So the no. the the value in the replacement player is not the same. Yeah, I like it, the idea of taking like two of Stafford, Big Ben, Jared Goff, 
Philip Rivers, Drew Locke, just pairing all those guys together and rolling with it. I think I think we'll do an episode where we talk about handcuff running backs and kind of strategy as a whole because I think there's a lot to be said there. Like, if you draft Alvin, are you making a point of drafting Alexander Madison or are you drafting somebody else's handcuff and, and seeing where it goes? So uh, we can talk about that. Um, okay. One more name. Any other name that we haven't mentioned yet that you think I'm drafting him, I'm potentially drafting him, you know, maybe in, in two quarterback leagues, I'm a little more interested. I, it's one of my favorite guys, Ryan Fitzmagic. How can you, how can you not keep this guy in the conversation as a QB two? I mean, he, he just likes to sling it all over the field. He's just a, he's a shorter, uh, older Brett Favre. Um, he's a guy that if I do get a backup quarterback, I'll probably be looking at his direction with my last pick in drafts. That's see. <laughs> Fifth magic is somebody that obviously when he starts is in, has the potential to be the QB one. Like he could have an amazing week. Uh, but two is also there. And I'm really curious to see what they do. And I wonder if, like, if you wait at quarterback, do you just take Fitzmagic and Tua and, and hope that the, the, the Dolphins' passing offense is good and you start whoever needs to be started? But, you know, Albert Wilson obviously opted out and Alan Hearns, which, you know, I mean, they're they're not anything special. But there's like, – I, I guess, you know, it, it's always better to have more mouths to feed, especially with the potential of COVID striking. Uh, but, you know – if you like Preston Williams, if you like Devontae Parker, if you like Mike Kosicki, if you like the potential of Matt Breida and Jordan Howard having fantasy value, uh, well, the Dolphins quarterbacks are going to be in play. So maybe instead of drafting a button, and that's the, the you know, there's it's a deep, there's there's so many names to pick through, but like I, I don't hate the idea of taking both Dolphins guys and just knowing okay, one of the, uh, each week I'm going to have somebody I can start because the odds. Uh, are pretty good of, of one of those guys having a good week. The guy that I want to hit on um, before we get out of here is Cam Newton. Is he somebody like we just ran through all these names and obviously there's a ton of guys we like is Cam Newton on your radar. Are you going to go there or are you going to let somebody else like right now, you know, per fantasy football calculator, he's QB 23 in the 13th round. Like at that price, I'm, I'm happy to get in on it. Um, but is he somebody that with all the other names we've kind of hit on with Joe Burrow going behind him, even Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater Tua, like, are you pulling the trigger at all? Or are you just going to kind of scratch him off the list from the jump and, and, and look other directions? I'm going to let other people take, take the leap with the name of Cam Newton. Just the people on the outside to catch the passes. I like, I like Harry. I like Muhammad Sanu. Uh, there was some, you know, talk of Sony Michelle having a resurgence with Cam Newton, but he's still on the pup list. Um, but, you know, the weapons just aren't there. Julian Edelman is good, but he's not going to be blown past people. I think Brady's lack of success last season was more about the the lack of weapons and the kind of system that they ran, which is what Cam Newton's stepping into. And Cam Newton has never been somebody that we've talked about as being the most efficient or the most accurate passer, which Brady is, and right, he but, wasn't able to produce. But that's even that, with the running floor, even but, with the but floor. But the thing rushing. is, he's a guy that's been a top five option 
And if we assume that he's stepping in with a different skill set, maybe it fits the the players, maybe it fits the offense better, and maybe it fits kind of what they want to do because Brady needs those guys to do to do some of the heavy lifting. Uh, he needs obviously, you know, getting older, uh, you know, missed, it, you know, doesn't have the ability to elevate the Troy Browns into, you know, uh, into higher levels. But I think they're, I, I'm probably with you. I'm probably not drafting Cam. I'm probably letting somebody else do it. Uh, but if he's, I feel like he's a guy that either is going to be a top like five option or just like, oh yeah, he's actually terrible. And Jared sit and start half the game. So. <laughs> I'm also, I'm also a little worried about the, the division that he plays in mm-hmm. just the bills defense is legit. Even if, uh, I saw something on Twitter today that there was rumblings that Tredavious white was going to opt out, which would be a huge blow to that Buffalo defense. But, um, you know, Miami, they made a ton of moves, which, I think the Dolphins are one of my favorite teams to kind of you know, shock some people, open some eyes to kind of reach that seven, seven win, yeah. you, you know, even, even approach a 500 record this season, if they can just keep the ball from it, getting it into the other team's hands and play efficient offense, uh, their defense is going to be good. The Jets are going to Jets. They're who the hell knows what they're doing, but yeah, you know, I'm just, I, I'd be, I'm just worried about the whole situation. I think there is a good like you said, he's either going to be a guy who I really want on my team because he's producing, you know, top five outputs because he's getting up rushing touchdown every game, or he's just going to be terrible and we're all going to regret, you know, putting him on our teams. Yeah. And if you go with that, that kind of, I'm drafting two guys to see what happens. Um, I think if you take a Jared Goff, maybe, you, you know, we didn't even talk Ryan Tannehill. Like I think regression's coming for him. I'm not super stoked on him. Um, like that touchdown rate and, and the volume, I don't expect to be there. Um, but you could go with a Stafford, a Brady, and then take Cam as kind of a flyer and see if he pops. And if he pops and he is that elite guy, then maybe you start him some weeks. And if he sucks, then you cut him and, and move on. But uh, there's no way I'm going into the season with him as my QB one with <laughs> the 25 names we've hit and the, even the ones I mean, we didn't talk Baker. We didn't talk Tannehill. We didn't talk Jimmy Garoppolo. Like there's so many names. That it's wild. Like I, th- I think it just it it really shows you the transition that the NFL has made over the last few years into this. Like it's basically become college football, where everybody wants to throw the ball about 65 percent of the time, and it's become less of a uh, a, a strategy game and more of I'm just going to outpace you on the scoreboard yeah. kind of game, which has made the quarterback position one of those things where each week you're going to have you know, a, a random drawing of names who are approaching that, that QB one status. Yeah. Unless you're Minnesota or Seattle, then you're, you're still living in 1983 <laughs> football where you run 70% of the time, but uh, <laughs> yeah. that's another story for another day. So for Brian Twining, we will be back uh, next week. We will talk uh, tight ends. We will talk wide receivers. We will talk the handcuffs that you need to own um, and strategies for drafting handcuffs. Um, if you have other ideas or topics or things you want us to discuss, hit you with, drop them in the comments. Let us know. Um, if you are enjoying the show, make sure you smash that thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, we are on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. So if you're not a YouTube person, find us there. Um, for, but, but, for Brian Twining, I'm Kyle Robert. Go Penguins. I'll talk to you guys next time. (laughs)